Hello and welcome to You Set the Tone, the podcast that takes an X-ray to the medical drama show ER. We examine the show with surgical precision and we celebrate the high pressure and beating hearts of the show. My name is Sean. I'm Ed. And I'm Sharon. And this week we are looking at the penultimate episode of season three of wow. ER, episode 21. Why isn't Anna Delamico in the main credits? I mean, it's make a wish. <laughs> Is that what your wish would be? Get her that, in the main credits. I, w- I, was, I was doing a cheeky check. Because I was just like, because we know she's going to be main yeah. for a while. But, yeah. but then I was thinking when she wasn't in the main credits, I was just like, is this somebody just going, ah, lads, we're, I'd, I'd get you on season four. <laughs> probably, probably. Yeah. Or they were just yeah. testing her out to see what audiences thought for a couple of episodes first. I love the fact that she's cool. And although I have a lot of very positive things to say about Doug in this episode, she's already pro- as good as... A doctor, a pediatrician, as Doug is. So just like, ooh. She's so competent, isn't she? She just comes in and she has slotted right in. You know, there's no arguments with people. She's just there to kind of support and pick up stuff. And I just love that powerhouseness about her. And I think I think I took it for granted at the time because I didn't realise how badly women were written because of shows like ER that I grew up with going, oh, cool, thinking, oh, this is what every show about you know, which would oh, have female characters would be like. That's a great not. point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a really good point because I'm sure now, I mean, I'll hold my hands. This was uh, 97, he says, checking the year very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, 97, yes. In fact, it was broadcast on May 8th, 1997, which means um, Star Trek Voyager would have been on at the moment. And that often gets very correctly lauded as, you know, it was great representation for mm-hmm. women sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, a great writing for female characters sometimes. Um, and much as I love Seven of Nine, there was the catsuit. Oh. And I was an eight-year-old. I, d- I didn't, you know, I didn't really, I wasn't the target demographic of why mm. Jerry Ryan was in a catsuit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but whereas you don't have that on ER, thankfully. No. And like you're saying, I just didn't pick up on it. I was yeah. oh, okay, because just some great characters. Cool. Yeah. And that's just how everybody's always written. And then you go, oh, no, they're not, mm. you know, which is. She's got a personality. What, yeah. what alternate universe is this? <laughs> Where is the man? In. He yeah, was looking after her. <laughs> she wasn't brought in just to please horny nerds. Yeah. What's that well, all about? <laughs> no, that's what George Clooney's doing. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, yeah. that's when Robin was out at this stage. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. But there was actually. It's, I, I've just been struck by thought. Now I know. Obviously, this week hasn't been um, Delamico's debut episode. That was last mm. week, but she was only in quite a small part of last week. So I choose yeah. to ignore that, and I'm going <laughs> to say that two big ER fan favorites are introduced assisting the birth of a main slash main adjacent character because of course in a couple of seasons we get abby helping to deliver carol's babies it's true it's very very true it's a good way to kind of bring so that's how you do it that's how you become beloved you have to if you're going to be on er and they say to you right you're starting out in the maternity ward you're delivering this baby then you're you're in for life that's it that's it and and also like uh oh also i was a bit i called him Reese, when we were talking earlier, Benton mm. and Carla's son. No, that would just be her surname. No, so it's it gone completely. That is his name. That is, that's what she had. Yeah, they that's end how they decided, it. Yeah. yeah, because I it's, think because it's her surname. I, I, I had the exact same thing as you, Sean, when I was first watching. I was like, but her, she can't be Reese Reese. That's ridiculous. Yeah. 
was just like, um, I mean, he's got to get eaten alive yeah, in school. <laughs> wasn't there that um, there's a guy who's who's called Major Major, and he was British George, but before that, he actually had the rank of Major in the British oh Army. So he was Major Major Major, I think. It's like Edward Woodward. It's like, when does that ever end? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I got called that so much as a kid. Did you, Edward Woodward? Because he's on the TV, he's on on Equalizer, so he's everywhere. I used to get Sharon from EastEnders, and it was like, Mm. okay. It's even the wrong spelling. Or Sharon Stone, and I was like, I'll I'll take it, but I don't get it. I mean, you're the image of her. The Thank absolute you. image of Thank her. You. I, I couldn't tell you apart now if you were standing beside each other. <laughs> and you do that thing where you cross your legs in a very obvious way. I know. Way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I her have asked you to warn knows. us, though, when you're doing that. Just, I will just, never do that. No. <laughs> no. Just give us something. Uh, I got, um, so obviously I grew up in a different country. Um, <gasps> so the Irish word for like a sweet, like, and for our American listeners, for candy, for a sweet is Milshon. So I was oh, called okay. Milshon rather a lot as a child. Wow. And yes, that was a thing that happened for many more years mm. than I would have been okay. Oh, Milshawn Ferret. Oh, of <laughs> course. Got that, got that one a good bit. I, I had a name that I'm not going to repeat on, on air because I'll never live it down with you two, but it came up independently twice with two different people, sets of people. I'm not going to say it on, on, on air. Don't worry, listeners, we'll get it out of him. <laughs> <laughs> you will, but I will sway you to secrecy and I'll make you forget. So, Oh, have you got one of those many black pens? Yeah, I've got a neuralizer, yeah. Ooh. Hey, hey, you ever flashy thing me? Have you ever flashy thing me? Uh, um, Easily four people on the podcast, Sean. Yeah, little Sean Ferris has have to set this one out. <laughs> uh, anyway. Anyway. anyway, so we uh, anyway. so we open on open on Carter, actually. He's looking for Benton, isn't he? Um, yes. Mm. Uh, who is still doing a thyroidectomy and, you know, isn't there, except he is there, he turns around and there he is. Wasn't that the strangest thing? Like, do you reckon that was unscripted? Like, did Noah Whitey just knock a cup of pens off the countertop? Because it has absolutely nothing to do. Like, nobody comments on it. There's no yeah. kind of relevance. He's just, oh, I've just knocked a cup of pens off. And just careful as he like, pops them back in, puts it down, turns around, talks to Benton. I was just like, I- now... If that was ad-libbed or if that just happened, Grant, they just threw the camera on. If that wasn't, someone was really padding out time in this episode. <laughs> I think it's a dense episode, but I think, because you remember at the start, we, we talk about, you know, cute, floppy, uh, clumsy Carter. Mm. And he does it when he's nervous. Remember when he was talking to the other doctor, he was dating Harper. Oh, yeah. He yeah. would fall over the pla- all over the place. So I think this is him being nervous and still being that young doctor who has to, oh, I've got to go, to go talk to Benton. Yeah. And so he does clumsy things. It's, a, it's like a, a nervous, not a nervous tick, but it's, it's a sign of his anxiety that he, he's a bit all over the place and knocks things off. Do you reckon if he was like nervous or almost upset enough, he could like fall over almost? Or um, how do you call it? Uh, pull a gant. <laughs> oh, God, heaven. God in heaven. Uh, so Sharon, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Swiftly. Yeah, um, please. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting, actually, because he, he takes Benton. He talks to Benton and he says, mm. it, 
and Benton, he wants to talk to Benton and Benton says, you should be in the ER. And I thought that was very prescient because that's what he wants to talk to him about, mm-hmm. isn't it? So mm-hmm. I was like, well, there you go. That's your answer, Carter. You can keep going. But he he decided to press on. Um, and he says, you know, everything that happened last week with the transplant case, it's made me wonder a bit about if I'm in the right field. Surgery does challenge him, he says. Whereas, but for him, I think something's missing and he he's starting to realise he really enjoys the kind of learning about people and and working with kind of patients rather than just kind of cutting them um and I just I think Benton is probably just gonna slice his head off in one fell swoop because (laughs) a I don't think Benton understands what Carter's talking about and b I think he I mean it must be really tough when you've kind of put time and effort into Mm. somebody they turn around and go well actually I'm off you know or I don't think this is for me you know that it must be heartbreaking in some ways. Yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying, that Benton just doesn't have a clue what he's on about, does he? No. It just doesn't compute. But I see what you mean about him. You know, he's, he's, yeah, he's invested and it's not getting returned. No. And, and I think as well, as much as he won't admit it, he's quite fond of Carter, isn't he? We've seen yeah. that in different ways. And so not only is it a bit of a rejection towards Benton because you you must wonder if have I not taught you correctly or what have I done yeah. that made you kind of not but also a bit of a oh we're not going to work together anymore in the same way possibly yeah. or I won't get to see you develop into the surgeon I think you could be mm. yeah, what have I done wrong Carter well <laughs> you made me feel like crap you're a terrible mentor I never get any good feedback but other than that uh, I like because- your hair <laughs> you drove it a is quite nice suicide, hair. You know. It is yeah. nice hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit like, what have I done wrong, Carter? I'll get the index, not even yeah. the list. <laughs> yeah. I'll get the Argos catalogue of what Benton did this week. Or he takes it to the basement where there's yeah, a room yeah. just full of an archive of every slide. It's all the HR complaints I've never quite got around to filing. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, it's the name tags of all of the people he's responsible for either pushing out of the hospital or... Yeah, uh, like putting a, a bit of a darker version. slant on the Book of Abbey. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Um, so yeah, I mean that sets up the big dilemma for Carter that mm. we've seen has been rolling and rumbling for ages, and it's starting to really hit ahead because he's actually now starting to question it. And and all the way through the episode, we kind of see him talking to different people about about things. Um, I also wonder a little bit about that initial clumsiness was a way to kind of remind us he's clumsy because later on when he's down with Doyle he he's pepper sprays himself oh, doesn't he so <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was a way of kind of being like remember this aspect of Carter which we haven't actually seen for a little while it's still there kind of a reminder before he kind of um self-inflicted friendly fire much like Annie does in in that episode of Community um when she's being a police sergeant and she's running she's being security on campus security oh, she's running yeah, with yeah. the pepper spray and she accidentally sprays her <laughs> yeah. herself um oh. that's all I could think about personally through it but I, I just I don't wonder if that was like a little nod to that so that later you would believe a bit more that he would actually pepper spray himself um who I just knows? love that yeah. phrase. Like, ah, oh, what card did you say? I pepper, pepper sprayed himself. Yep, I accept this without question. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course she did. And and Carol loves, you know, she's the one treating him and she's pouring that water in his eyes and she's yeah. laughing. And um, But it's quite sweet because they, they have a little bit of a heart to heart. And we've seen Carol and, you know, be there for Carter in different moments where he's 
struggling and she's kind of been there and, and you know she was the one on the first day was showing him around and being that lovely so it was it was quite sweet to have this little moment between them where he kind of mm. says oh you know Anspar and Ben you know Anspar hates me and Ben to looks at me like I'm an alien and she's like well I think that's a good thing and it it also shows that that real disconnect from surgery that I think they the surgeons walk around thinking they're gods but actually not doesn't mean everybody feels that about them like Carol's very much like that's in your favor if they don't like you you know yeah um and I thought I and I uh, I just think the way that Anspar and um, Benton have treated Carter isn't like the best way you know Anspar's hideous to him throughout the whole of this episode and I get you're angry at somebody for doing something but what you have to do is if you're going to give them a second chance you have to do that. You have to go, right, I'm angry at you, but I'm going to give you a second chance, which means we start again. I don't continuously hold it over you because if you're still mad, just let me go. Like, don't keep, yeah. it just feels unfair to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being too soft because it's Carter, but it's just like. I know it's funny as well, because sometimes I think sometimes we react differently to when we see different characters going through uh, this kind of stuff. Like Carter is a, I love him. He's a buffoon sometimes. And mm. I mean that in the most lovely No, completely. You know? He's a clown. Absolutely. And then if you were to see, let's go see Benton's, let's, let's mm. say the roles were around, you'd just be like, that'd ah, be fun. Yeah, that's yeah. it as well, isn't it? It's exactly yes. that. Um... And now actually what I've just thought is that now mm-hmm. mild spoilers for a couple of seasons ahead, Benton does start to face some serious pushback from a superior. And it's very uncomfortable. It's, you know, because there's no clowning around, like, even though Carter, it is a serious storyline with Carter this week. And there is still the kind of the affable goofiness of Carter is still kind of attached to the. the, And also, you know, Anspa might be a hard ass, but he's fair. I I, at least I feel I feel. Yeah. Um, Whereas when. Benton then goes into a similar situation where he's at loggerheads with a superior. That fairness is right out the window. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. That's it. That's that. And it's funny, actually, because I'd kind of forgotten a bit about Anspar. And then, um, you know, he's come in and he's so fair. And it, I was a bit like, why, did, what do I, why do I dislike him? What is it? And then <laughs> I've remembered over time. I'm like, ah, it's, it, he, it's not yet. It comes. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, well, then we can kind of if we follow Carter, we see he's dealing with different people. So he he works on a guy called Harry Smith, who's a suspected DUI, but actually has no alcohol on his breath. And he's starting mm-hmm. to seize. And this is completely impossible because I'm not sure this actor was even born at the time. <laughs> and he definitely wasn't um, the age that Harry Smith is. But God, he looks like Noah Centineo from um, all the boys I've loved before this character this actor and I looked him up just because I had to double check and it's not him but damn does he look like him also I agree with you I believe Noah Centineo was born in 2012 uh so oh wow hello uh, that now while that is a joke he's younger than this episode is I I will say that I would yeah yeah. uh 9th May 1996 so even that's depressing that is depressing was he born the day after was this 8th of May 96? No, this was 97. 97, okay. So yeah. there's about a year, dif- almost exactly a year. Di- anyway, I don't think I've seen him in anything, but I want to see him in things. Um, That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, what did I... Oh, uh, I'll get the name of it. There was a, a good movie I watched, um, 
and it was Barb from Stranger Things and she was the lead in it and she's kind of pretending to be somebody she's not, which does not narrow it down, I know. But ah. um, And he was very good in it. Uh, he's like there you the, go. the jock, but he's a nice guy. Oh, I like a nice job. Yeah. You know what? He if you watch the all uh, all the boys to all the boys I've loved before, I think you'll probably fall a bit in love with him. He's very he's got that real sweet teenage boy kind of cool but but lovely kind of aloof but kind of handsome and yeah, I I think <sighs> he's got a big I think he's got a big future. But it and and look, he was one years old and he was in this ER episode as a grown, full grown man. So that just tells you everything you need to know about his acting. Is he like the time traveler's, not the time traveler's wife, but the time traveler's from that where he's sort yeah, of. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what it is. It's just, own, it's yeah. got to be. It's oh my just God, he's actually Eric Banner and he's a time traveler. I get it now. <laughs> There's some similarities. There is, yeah. Um, but, um, but yes, he has OD'd on water. Yeah. That's that's the theory, which is a yeah. thing, which is ah, a, which I, I yeah. had heard of. Um, I remember this actor years and years ago from Coronation Street who'd done it. Um, and uh, I, that's when I learned it was a thing, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that you could do that. But and was that sorry, uh, just ignorant? Was that in real life they had done it, or was that in sorry, Paris? yes, real life, the actual acting, oh, really? it was a real life thing, yeah. Um, who was that? Not that I watched Curry. I don't watch Corey, but he played this evil guy and I can't remember. I will I will look it up and I will let you both know on the WhatsApp. Um, oh, I thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's brilliant, actually, because Carter's the one who figures it yeah. out, doesn't he? And he kind of he talks to Weaver and Weaver's very much like, you know, oh, actually, um, yeah, look at it medically. And sorry, no, he doesn't talk to Weaver. He talks to Green, doesn't he? And Green's yeah. obviously in a very funny mood. And yeah. at first he's quite receptive, but then later isn't the greatest. But it, it, it's it's two cases, isn't it, this week that really pushes Carter to really, really kind of see what yeah. where else his talents could lie. So he kind of figures that out rather than him being like, oh, it's a DUI. He's like, actually, we can treat this medically and it's his other thing. Um, and then he, he works on um, Mr. Lensky, who comes in, who has got... Uh, a perforated ulcer or you know it's got an ulcers the thing I didn't understand is he talks to Weaver and she's very much like get Adspar down yeah, here I know. and I didn't understand yeah. that at all because when Adspar comes down he shouts at Carter and says oh, anybody fine. could have done this yeah and and Carter you know doesn't say well actually Weaver told me to but I was very like why did you do that now I've got a theory she knows that Carter's starting to wonder a bit about being a surgery. She wants surgeon. She wants him in the ER. She wants to get Anspar mad at him so that he goes, oh, I don't want to be in the, a surgeon anymore. I want to be here in the nice ER where they support me. Oh, she's trying to alienate, like sort of manipulate yeah. his relationships. Maybe. Oh. Okay. I mean, what, why, why did she ask him to call down? Because no. it wasn't as particularly Anspar? difficult a difficult case was it? He could have asked a, a you know for a different surgical, which is what Anspar kind of says to him. But it, it was weird. Yeah, said so any what was it? Any senior resident or senior attending could have told you this. Why you call me all the way down? Yeah. I don't know because do they have like like surgical uh, duty surgeons who were there for consults? What Maybe, we, but I don't think Anspar would. No. Yeah, it I, kind of feels like. The way he's reacting, because obviously at some point or another, both Benton and Carter are that surgical consult. They are the ones mm -hmm. you call. Mm. So it feels like you're calling the boss's boss's boss to come and say, yeah, it's a hangnail. What are you doing? Yeah, 
it, it was very it's very strange and I think if they do have those kind of you know somebody who comes down it wouldn't be Anspar that wouldn't be his job and if it would have was his job he wouldn't have gone got so mad at Carter for calling him I guess but um and this is this is the difficult case because Mr Lenski is frightened of surgery he you know Carter says to him you know we've got to we've got to take surgery and Mr Lenski immediately starts getting dressed and saying I'm leaving because he's had a really bad experience with his um his dad who passed away um in hospital uh, and so he's terrified yeah. and and that's when sorry carter talks to weaver and weaver's brilliant she's like oh you know there's this there's this case you should look it up so yeah. research you could you could set it can self-seal or something like that which to me was just like what yeah um it can sort of as i understood it in my mm. failed well not failed a level but poorly graded a level in biology <laughs> i think it it, it sort of it's perfect but it's kind of pushed itself against the liver so it's kind of sealed off so there's no nothing escaping and I don't know if it sort of heals there or something I don't know there was um a a a recent uh, case with somebody I know who there and it was because funny enough it was to do with this part of the body and there, there are similarities to this, that something had swollen to a point where, yes, there was a problem, but because it was swollen so much, the organs beside it were sort of, it was almost like that was the pressure. It need, You know, when you put pressure on a wound, oh, okay. obviously, to keep the wound from bleeding, oh. it sort of was doing that. Now, that went to other things, but uh, it, there, there was a couple of people like, oh, that's actually, I, I have heard not too far in the distance doctors talking about something very very similar to this so when anspa was reacting to carter bringing him this oh well actually you know this is kind of says and carter's like but anspa was like this is you know ridiculous and it's not a thing it's not a thing it's like it's not often i get to say this that's but actually i know quite recently <laughs> in real life that it's it's not by any means like yeah you, know, if you have the option the option if you have if you have the option <laughs> no if you have the option go in with needle and thread go yeah. in and do the surgery but it is not so outlandish that someone should maybe react so violently mm. um and i think Ansar's reaction is not just that you know carter's presenting a medical way which reminds me it reminded me so strongly of susan and Kaysen, yes um, back yeah. in season one really really strong uh evocation of that um and but I, I think this is coming from Anspot has already run in with Carter a few times this season. Yeah. He's you know, even though we've been with Carter for three years, you know, in a way, Carter is almost the intern who why do I keep hearing your name, intern? Why why do I <laughs> yeah. keep hearing from you? You know, yeah. Yeah. with all respect to interns out there. Um yeah, it's kind of like the shut up, keep your head down, just get through your year's residency, yes. will you? Yeah, because you know, they have that that moment where they as you say you know they they argue and and Anspar's very really angry because he's he's presented with a surgeon who doesn't want to cut which I think is not something that you you that happens either so again you know he it doesn't make sense and Carter and I really like it because Carter argues back he says if I can find a way to do what my patient wants that's medically acceptable that's what I should do I don't believe I should cut somebody just because I can I open just because I can 
And then Antipa kind of responds back and he says, it bothers me that this patient is willing to risk death rather than undergo this simple procedure. But mm. it bothers me even more that you're willing to help him do, do that. And I think this is where it, it, it's blatantly obvious that Carter yeah. is not, is not A, the surgeon they want them to be, and maybe not up for surgery if this is the way surgery is. Um, it, yeah, because I, I, I thought there was a brilliant moment that was Carter through and through as in the best ver version of him or whatever, yeah. when he's talking to Mr. Lenski, Mr. Lenski's just brushing, oh, I don't want it. And, and other doctors might not have pursued it. Yeah. They might have gone, well, why? Exactly that. He the, took that time. He, exactly. He Because he's good with people. Un, un, you know, unlike anybody else in the ER, I don't think anybody is that good. Definitely not. I mean, Mark can be. Weaver. Mm. So Susan used to be quite good Susan, like that. Susan yeah, was quite did. good at kind of... But she got exasperated quite a lot because she was treated That's badly, true. So, um... Yeah, and I think, I think so, though, part of it is a bit of a shame because, you know, he could have been a really great addition to surgery because he had that angle and he looks at things yeah. differently, possibly. And if they just flexed and allowed him, they weren't so like, you must be like this. They might have been, you know, he could have stayed there and maybe taught them a thing or two or whatever I don't know yeah. but um I, I, yeah my impression of surgery is that the rules are the rules are the rules and there will be room for maneuver within that yeah. it's quite a narrow field and yeah it's Benson's it's, it is a chop shop mm -hmm. one of the better terms is in <laughs> that's a great <laughs> description in, and that's what Anspar says we're here yeah. to cut we're, we're here to cut. cut yeah and that's that's it do you know what I mean it's thyroidectomy right next one what is it it's gallbladder next one what is it transplant do you know what I mean it's because exactly they, they have to it's the nature of the job so it, it probably attracts the Bentons as well who don't have people skills but he's an amazing technical doctor yeah yeah, it, it, yeah, and it, it's a shame, really, because it must must be a really tough way for Carter to kind of learn it as well. He's had, he's had yeah. how many years as a as a surgeon, and then he's kind of having this because then later we see him actually talking to um, to Weaver later mm. on, who's been quite good to him throughout the whole of this. Because yeah. there's a moment where you know Doctor Green snaps at him when he's very excited that he's kind of figured that yeah. case out, um, the Noah Centineo case. I know it's not him, but. <laughs> Um, and then, um, you know, and later he's talking to Weaver and he says, you know, what what would somebody have to do um, to, 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 to actually do that? You see, he's actually starting to really, really put things into place. You know, it's not just a possible, you know, we've seen him talk to Carol about her plans to possibly to start over. And and yeah. now he's actually talking to Weaver about about it. And um, I mean, she quite rightly says you need to speak to Green. And he's like, well. You know, you saw what happened when I tried to talk to him about anything today. Um, is, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just sets up that kind of that that development of Carter and possibly what we what we'll be seeing next next year from him or next season, I should say. Exactly. Yeah, because like it's so long away. So in two weeks we will be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's too long. It's too long. It no. is too long. I'm... And in fact, now this is again, slight spoilers. I was doing a little bit of just, uh, I always do this when I come to the end of a season, sort of, you know, well, what are we looking at next season? Having yeah. already seen season four, I'm not spoiling too much for myself. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Season four is a good one. Yeah, it's, it's a true. cracker. It's yeah. true. When I was really having... good character, sorry. Yeah. yeah. That's all right. Um, when, when I was having my, when I was unwell early this year and I was having a, a re, re, re watch, or I was sort of catching up to myself here and there, season four, I was like, 
I said before, the start of season three, hard work. And season mm. four, I was like, there's so many big characters that come in, big personalities. Yeah. You know, characters that are forever associated with the show in the ways that as much as we love Anna Delamico, mm. and she only got one season. Yeah, she's she's so brief, actually. Yeah. That's the thing I was I always remember oh, when yeah. I was growing up, I watched it and I and very much she was in my head. And when I did my first ever rewatch, I was like, oh, she she's not in it as much as long yeah. as I thought she really is, like in and out kind of. I mean, she's great when she's there and she does stuff, but you're absolutely right. You look at her and you don't immediately mm. think ER the same way you do with a lot of different other people that have been even George it. Clooney who obviously is a super yeah. super super superstar I still look at him and go ER yeah same yeah. Juliana Margulies who's done so many yep. things since yeah, you know yeah. huge big things but again yeah you think ER straight off um so yeah it, it, it's really interesting and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it um, yeah me too. actually has quite a good I was gonna lead on Anna next I didn't know if yeah good segue I, I quite liked um, I quite liked her in this episode. She yeah. just, you know, well, she starts off and you can just see how she's getting on with people. She's telling everybody, she's telling Carol and Randy, basically, how tough it was to get her security pass. Um, <laughs> and we learn that Randy, you know, she says it's tougher than the White House. And Randy <laughs> yeah. says it is because I've been. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like I love Randy. Yeah. I love her. Yes. The information that she walks, like, she somehow forged papers to get into the White House. I'm like... Yeah. To do what, How? Randy? What were you going to do? <laughs> I, 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 we need a whole series about Randy. Honestly, I would watch Please. that. We should write it and yeah. watch it. Yeah. The, just the side adventures, what she does yeah. on her days off, you know. <laughs> she lives more in an hour than half the other characters <laughs> we are doing a season. I'm so exactly. imagine there's like an almost Robin Hood figure that she's outside of the law, but generally she is, she works for the greater good. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, like she, if it's a dealer, she'll <laughs> kick their heads in. She won't get she, evidence. She just knows who they are and she will have them removed. Yeah. I think she is in a way that's probably going to age really badly and sound really problematic, but she's like Blade, right? So she is, you know, the uh, Wesley Snipes vampire. character, Sorry, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could have gone with Buffy, I'm realising now, but no, I'm going to commit to the first one. She's Blade. Okay. She's All right? Blade. Blade was outside the law because he would steal jewelry to pay for his shenanigans shenanigans for his wacky adventures <laughs> yeah that that would um I, I i would assume randy would not have too many moral quandaries about that now but no, it would yeah, always yeah. be for the greater good yeah mm. exactly that exactly that um you know and then we see anna going upstairs to help help uh, cover Doug and he and she ends up obviously you know being in the room when benton uh carla is giving birth and and she's just so professional with him, you know, she's so great because he's obviously panicking, freaking out. And she's just very, well, you know, I've done over 200. I've stopped counting after 200 births. And she doesn't seem to let things phase her. And I think that's what no. was brilliant. She was in that room and she was just in control and in command. She just, she was already kind of spewing jargon and looked exactly like she knew what she was doing. And I thought, oh my God, I would just be like, yeah, that's fine. She knows what she's doing. She can drive from yeah. here if she was, if I was giving birth and she was there. Um, no, because Benton gives us some jip about oh you know I don't want a resident delivering my yeah. baby and and Ooh. Anna like Delamico does not quail she doesn't kind of get upset or like intimidated she goes uh well at my other hospital I did about 200 I lost count at 200 deliveries exactly, so yeah and she calls him Mr. Benton, which I know she doesn't realise. Yeah. But I quite liked that little moment because he needed that. He needed yeah, that for yeah. a second, you know, to be just Mr. Benton. 
I, I, I'm wondering, I, I've got a slight quandary, and it's, it's a little bit I mean, off topic. We've been all over the place tonight, and I love it. Um, I wonder if she's too calm and, and easygoing and moderate, and that's why she didn't stick around. Do you know what I mean? Like, the bigger characters maybe stuck around longer. Not that she's a bad character or underwritten or anything like that. She's well done, but I think she's too moderate, maybe. Do you know so they I had think? big characters like Romano and um, Elizabeth Corday. He's got the whole, I'm from another country and I'm English. I don't, you know, they, yeah. they sort of went down the angle a little bit. I and, wonder, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I wonder if it was, there was too many of this slot has been filled right. because Genie. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. There was a niche and the exactly. niche was already taken. Well, Genie I think because... just like calmness. Yeah. Even when, like... You know, they were sitting there and the writers were going, okay, we've done this for Benton. We've done this for Carter. Mm. Now, how can we ruin Jeannie's life this week? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we exactly. saw her do a half smile there last week. Could we perhaps kill a child in front of her? Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, and it would always be like, oh my God, Gloria Rubin keeps knocking it out of the park. Jeannie keeps yes. coming to work every day. Jeannie, change careers, please. <laughs> yes, honestly. Oh God. I wonder oh. if that took a toll on her as an actress. You Gloria. hear people say that. Like, We are friends with her now. We should ask. We, she is our yeah. bestie. Um, I think, I think as well with the Anna thing is two things. I think I don't know if I, if I, again, I agree with you just because I think you do need moderates as well as so that the people like Romano and stuff are, it's not all Romanos because then you would just switch off. You need the moderates mm. to kind of. Yeah. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, right oh, it's tickling my throat. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I also, I, I, from what I remember at the time, and I might be wrong and I'll look into it, but my understanding was that actually it was Maria Bello's choice to leave. Okay because she wanted to to do more just lots of varied things yeah. and I know mm. she wanted to do film and stuff and she'd been given a film in a uh, given a part in the Mel Gibson film so I, I don't Fair think enough. it was kind of a, a decision of oh she's moderate but I think yeah with these tv shows I think that's isn't that why George Clooney left because I think obviously he had these big film I op, think that's you know, true yeah so you don't want to get kind of not stuck but you are locked in for a long time. And that's wow. obviously why um, Sherry Stringfield had her sort of, she didn't be locked in when she came back. You know, it's, it, mm. it is a lot. And you, like you're right, it's, you end up getting stuck on that. And then it, is it harder to go from there into other roles or are they always going to see you as, well, you played a doctor in ER, so. Yeah, you can, it's, it's, can, it, you you can get very easily typecast, but also yeah. it just takes your, it takes so much time. If you're a big character in this kind of a show, that will take so many months that it just yeah. means you're not. And if you're if you're quite hot and you're at, you know you're you're very sought after and you're getting all these offers, that's not going to happen forever. So you you kind of want to yeah. strike when you can to try and build something bigger, I guess yes. as well. So I think yeah, exactly. Because how how many like examples of oh their star should have continued to rise? You have like in, yeah throughout hollywood and for that there's obviously so many different reasons and if we knew the formula wouldn't we all be massive superstars here <laughs> but i think yeah when you have Excuse something me, like assuming i'm not already a massive superstar <laughs> of course of course we are like we, the audience we've been using ai sharon for the last six months like in, you know because <laughs> we so haven't busy. she hasn't been available to us you know yeah we built an algorithm based on the replies and generally <laughs> carter carter <laughs> <laughs> 
oh my god, I wonder if we were to, if someone had the energy and time to go back through all the episodes and go, right, what are, well, we know Sharon's, but what are mine and Ed's two most commonly used words? I have a feeling Doug is going to be up there with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Doug and Jen for you. Me, I, I yeah. use the word um. <laughs> so it'll just be um, um, and uh, brutal, especially the way I pronounce it. I oh, use that a lot in the first yeah. season. I was like, I've got to stop using the word brutal because I listen back and, and assess myself because I'm that kind of lunatic. But yeah. Yeah, that's actually, now that you say that. Oh, no. That does, <laughs> that does trigger some old memories, all right. Uh, brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, um, but yeah, so, anyway. you know. <laughs> Anna's been brilliant. She's great yes. in the room. She's great with both kind of Carla and, and Benton and, yeah. uh, and with the baby, which has obviously got a lot of issues happening. And she's kind of very, very much, a, it's great to see this kind of calm, no nonsense, not here to kind of yeah. piss anybody off. Just yeah. coming here and being professional, doing my job. And then we kind of see her later on when she's leaving and, and, and Jeannie's there and Jeannie hears her mention yeah. Carla Reese's baby and, and then her and Jeannie kind of have a conversation as well. And then Anna kind of goes home and I just, it was a nice little flavour of, of yes. what we're going to get from this character. It's, you know, you don't want to centre her yet because we don't know her yet. You know, we want these little mm. bits before we we need to invest in her and care about her. And we can't do that without kind of these little moments. So I thought that was a nice little kind of intro to her. Yeah, that, that's a really good description of it as well. We need to have our investing time, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, and I just think maybe if it would be just a good place to go from Anna to Benton and Carla here, because yeah. obviously yes. Benton and Carla would be, I mean, vying for, I think I think it's a fairly even split between the A plots this week of Benton yeah. and Carla, and I think Carter's story yeah. are kind yeah. of the two A plots here. Definitely. Um, and Benton and Carla. Now, I'm going to make a controversial statement and I'm basing it on last week's episode on this week's episode alone, okay? Oh my God, Carla went through me like nails on a chalkboard this week. And I get that was the role. I get that was the whole point is that you have, you know, there's obviously all this going on, but I feel there was so much going on all around Carla that when it came to directing uh, Lisa Nicole Carson, they didn't. Oh, Okay, I think because because we had a good bit we had a good bit of Coburn with lots of obviously Benton this week, and as we've discussed with lots of Anna, you know, there's a lot going on around it. So she yeah. is in a way, and this is the way just the way she's written. She's the plot along as yeah. opposed to right. anything else. She's more of a device, yeah, absolutely. But my God, gone are the de- now again because the plot de- demands this. But gone are the days of oh great, Carla's here. She's a bit hard. It was more yeah. just like. Oh my God! Can we move on from this? Story? Well, not this storyline because there's so much yeah. to do with it. But you know what I mean? It's just like I please, by all means, go back up to the NICU. There's no need to go to the postpartum ward. That you can. She's fine. She's made the yeah, bed. Yeah. She's grand. Leave her at it. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so that is my one. I have to say that was my one thing. In that in this episode, I was just like, that just got grating. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with all respect and love to Lisa Nicole Carson now it was just I and I'm just basing it on this episode alone he says absolutely absolutely covering his arse here just basing it on this episode alone think, Sharon is he cancelled again or are we okay I'm okay with that because oh. I think this is uh, this is actually going to be something I was going to mention is just labour in um in tv which yeah. is often like I don't know it can be very hammy or very annoying or very 
screaming. I, I don't know how realistic it is. I have to put my hands up. I've never had a baby and I've not been in the room. Um, Nor have I. But hang on, you missed three weeks for three different births. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just feel like it can feel a bit cartoonish sometimes, you know, like yeah. this in the background can be a bit uh, annoying. Um, and I've heard people say that it's not great on, you know, the, the, the kind of what we see on TV is not not a great kind of dis- depiction. So I, I I think I kind of agree with you um, there, Sean, about all that. Um, but yeah, this this storyline's tough. So, you know, Benton gets called down. He's told, you know, she's gone into labour. We find out it's two months too early. Um, she's going to have this baby. It, it's not good, great news because obviously that's quite very premature and it's very much art. Will this baby even survive? Um, and it's brilliant work here from Benton, who, uh, or for Eric LaSalle, just him in the room with Coburn and with all of them. You know, he's he's doing that thing. He's he, uh, it made me think about what it must be like if your partner's a doctor, if you're a doctor and you're in a hospital being treated, because he knows everything that can go yeah. wrong, and he's asking all the questions and using all the jargon. And Carla's getting more and more stressed. Yeah, he's he's just, oh god, I'm really annoyed. <laughs> like. Because I think that's what would happen, though, if you if you knew and you're an expert, you'd start asking, you'd be like, well, what have you done this? Have you used that? Is this about to happen? Because and I just thought this is a moment for me to be like, oh, God, it must be really tough as a doctor to to be treating somebody who's a doctor or near a doctor who's asking questions where you just need to get the job done. I am with you on about you said earlier about the the storyline being really, I think ill babies always I find upsetting and tough yeah not that yeah you know my nephews were mostly fine they were a little bit prem but they were pretty healthy just put them under the sun lamps for a bit and they were fine um but I, I still find it really oh upsetting it um, is upsetting and then I just bent yeah. and ratched into all that tension by going have you done this I want to be work what about this and, and throws out a load of acronyms and Carla's going what's this mean? you know she's yeah I'm like mate I, I get where he's coming from but it's he's the not worst about time. Her. No, he's thinking about himself a bit. Think yeah. about the baby. Yeah, I mean, but this is where Coburn uh, won some points for me because she took him aside yeah. and just kind of said, "Oi, come on, like yeah. sort it out. Be here for her." And he does. He 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 does calm himself down a bit, and he he starts actually being there for her, which which is nice to see. But yeah, this is a really tough storyline because. I mean, either you know somebody or even if you don't, you know, the idea of a baby being delivered before they're ready and it, it being very life and death of somebody so very young, you know, it's just, it's horrible all round, really. And I bet that's a really hard thing to watch if that is something you've been through yourself or if you've lost a baby in that way. Or, I, I mean, I don't know how people deal with that, but um, I guess what's what why people you know, keep coming back to and exploring stories like this is because it does happen and it's good to kind of represent that and discuss that and say, you know, birth isn't just this, oh, I'm pregnant, oh, I'm going to have a baby, oh, look, my baby's here yeah. and everything's mm. fine. You know, it it can be quite fraught and it can be a very dangerous, you know, thing as far along as we are. It, it's not without its complications and, and the body, unfortunately, doesn't always work the way yeah. we will need it to or want it to and I thought that this was a really good evocation of kind of uh, of kind of that so you know it, the baby arrives and and it's not breathing and and Peter's asking about the APGAR scores which aren't great and they're trying to no. and there's that really really brutal really and I'm saying brutal moment where <laughs> where Anna has to you know 
a tube the little baby oh, yeah. oh that was i i found that really hard to watch i thought god that that baby is minuscule like yeah. it, it, it's mad that there is instruments out there for that i mean it's great but also yeah, yeah. and she even has a line where she says you know it never gets easier it's yeah. just really tough to do that when a baby yeah. is that small um uh, it's it's yeah. so, when you see what is on an adult patient the most routine thing oh you're struggling yeah. to breathe tube you know intubate yeah, yeah. that's fine everything's oh. a proper size as well right yeah you're more robust uh, like exactly. creamy you're just like oh yeah you do, i mean and this is the maybe we are conditioned as you know animals here mm. you know we must protect our young just like you don't want to see obviously you're the preemies in the nicu to yeah. make the baby better like yeah. no get them away from all those technology yeah, and all yeah. that no 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 you don't want that you just want to wrap them up in cotton wool and yes. you know it's all right we'll we look after them by just loving them yeah. it's like well, that's why we created medicine but anyway um, <laughs> and yeah, yeah it is it's it, it's hard and i i agree with you both that seeing particularly babies in distress uh, i'd always you know it's a cheap oh. shot er but it works <laughs> it works it's powerful yeah. Yeah. what did um, you think sean about the irish nurse and her comment ah uh, do you know what um like it's, it's a bit of a it's the exact bloody thing i probably would have said in that situation as well <laughs> okay. all right i'm irish and sure look aren't we used to have them? because not two generations back like you know kind of like oh this is my brother and sister and the other 25 you know <laughs> yeah um you know what can i say you know good sex lives here in ireland but, uh, <laughs> or bad contraception more likely a little bit of column B, repressive church policies, blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> One man's repressive is another man's repressive. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so I, I didn't, yeah, I, I just kind of went, yeah, that's exactly the kind of I, I find that to be gently self deprecating humor, right? Um, I quite and, liked it myself, but yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to bring up though was that moment when where they take so the baby's born and then they kind of they they take Carla to the recovery ward to recover, but the recovery ward is actually the birth ward. So what happens is she sees, you know, family yeah. with a healthy baby. And I've heard stories like this about women who've lost children, miscarried, have gone into hospital to, you know, have the child removed or, you know, they've had a stillbirth. And then they're put on the maternity ward, which obviously, because that's where the doctors are that look after them. Yeah. But but that's with other families, with actual with the babies, they get to keep the healthy babies. Yeah. And that must just yes. add another layer of trauma. You know, we see Carla and, and, and Benta looking in at this family, kind of holding this baby. And it's just, I just thought that was really heartbreaking. Absolutely moment. twisting the knife as much as possible. And obviously it's not like it's any kind of personal thing. It's just, yeah. this is where your bed is. Yeah. But yeah, I think, uh, I mean, touch wood and this is not a joke in any way i hope i will never be in this situation but if i was i'd sooner be in the morgue where you know there's not going to be people reveling in the birth and you know the joy of yeah. we bounced back and everyone's in a good mood yeah. it's like just lads just put me somewhere where i know i'm not going to see that yeah or it's just, like it's yeah oh sorry go on no no i was just going to say something you know it's definitely salt in the wound kind of I, because in my head i'm a bit of a problem solver part of it's like well, if somebody's lost a child, would, would you not try and get them set with a nurse or somebody who's specialised in this kind of counselling, even not to provide counselling, but just sit with them and hold a hand to take them, you know, and also yeah. if, if the child is going to the NICU, again, not putting them with them, so maybe having a, a separate little room with mothers together who can support each other with a nurse. Obviously, this is about infinite amounts of staff. 
with some of the um, other money, yeah. of course and, yeah infinite infinite stuff for money which is the you know any people facing in the streets yeah. and, and i think yeah. luckily you know i don't think death is uh, uh, so common that you would need an on-hand nurse yeah. constantly or, you know I, I think yeah. that is part of it too and you wouldn't need like a, a whole ward or a room Thank or goodness, something yeah. which I think is a good thing but yeah, yeah it's it's a real shame because I thought I was watching I was thinking oh is there not another room and then I thought well actually yeah. they probably don't just yeah. have a, a, a separate room or whatever um and yeah and, and you know you we see Carla as you say she was like she'd made the bed because she's just completely doesn't know what yeah. to do with herself yeah. and because nobody's there directing her Exactly, yes. <laughs> exactly that. You, you. Lisa's tell just like, I'll make the bed, shall I? Jesus Christ! Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and ad lib a line, all right? Yeah. I'm still here. I'm the one who gave birth. I That's do. why Eric Lasalle looks so shell shocked in this episode. It's nothing to do with his son. It's the fact that he just doesn't know what she's going to say next. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You've got to be ready. Um, and then we get some, we get some quite big chunky scenes between him and and you know Doctor Tabash, who's back. Mm. Um. As they're in the ICU and Captain and obviously it will exactly yeah it's all very dry and very factual and which maybe you have to be if you're in the ICU because you see that so much I, yeah that was that was my thought so I know what you mean Sean it, especially because of his it sounds horrible his features are quite long and mournful in a way so in a way yeah do you know he's what not got an animated face do you know what I mean so yeah he's, he's very... distinctive looking I think yeah. he's quite a when he's in Gilmore Girls, it's the same. He's kind of, oh, okay. they put him in these, like, he's kind of this cool cat who, like, plays music and he's got, like, a oh. hat and uh, dark glasses. But he's very, you know, he's uh, he'll do a line here and there, you know, and it's not, it, right. yeah. But I think that because he's very distinctive looking. Yeah. He's actually, I was watching Legally Blonde the other day and he's one of the admissions people as well. And I was like, oh, he's just everywhere at the moment and I'm loving it. But, yeah, carry on. Sorry. Um, no, sorry, I... Uh... Oh, shit. So, yeah, like in later seasons, when a couple of other doctors who are training do their NICU rotation, yeah, the, the, the chief of NICU then is a different character, but they're yeah. the same, they're very calm and moderate, and they sort of uh, uh, counsel. I think it's Abby and Neela. Yeah. Neela really struggles, I think. Yeah, yeah Neela. She and, does. And Left. Abby's a bit more calm because of her experience in, you know, the ops. Yeah maternity and that's it maternity mm. yeah um but she's again very even she says you can't get too involved because it is absolutely tragic when it goes wrong yeah and I think that's the same I think that's the idea of the pitching is you've got to be so emotionally level and in control because there are these tiny lives who need this constant attention. you can't get so involved because it's going to distract you there and is... you can't yeah I was just there is a again I, I'm, I'm the king of spoilers this week there is a storyline and it's right at the end of next season that involves people getting emotionally attached to a baby that leads to some very intense uh, scenes of emergency medicine and Ed's confused face is just making giving me life right now um, <laughs> but and and it is and in in that respect you're like oh you look I'm delighted that they didn't the horrendous emotional yeah. kickback that must happen when you put all of this effort into a patient anyway mm. but to a baby. a baby and god forbid touch wood the baby doesn't make it yeah well, that's it isn't oh. it oh and I, and I think i was thinking if i was a if i was a mom whose baby is in the nicu i would much prefer obviously what 
Dr. Tabash is like to somebody, he's yeah. like, I know, isn't it awful? And crying yeah, with yeah. me because then I'd be like, oh, we've got no hope, you know, if this is if this is what we've yeah. got. Um, but I just thought there was this really, really beautiful scene where Benton's obviously really just doesn't know what to do. And he's kind of just staring into the room. And Jeannie has come up because she's learned that, you know, the baby's been born and he's not well. So she kind of goes up and she says to him, you know, it's really gentle, sweet moment. Where she says, yeah. you know, you've got friends, Peter, you've got a community, you, yeah. you know, you're not alone in this. You can, a reminder of that. But then she says, what you need to do is get out of the hallway, you know, stop standing in the hallway, like get yes. in there, be yes. there with with Carla, not just yeah. watching her, watching the baby. And I thought, I thought that was a really beautiful kind of moment and a push and probably something Benton might have needed. Cause I, I do always wonder how tough it is to be a man during birth in the sense that you're not the one giving birth, but somebody you care about is, and they're in pain and they're in whatever. And you're also emotionally invested cause this is your baby too. But I, I don't know. It, I just think it must be, re- it's a tough, line to walk to know where you should be yeah. and and yeah I just wonder um I mean and Coben kind of says that as well because Benton apologizes to her later and she says you know it's a necessary like every father I know has kind of done that that's just how they all react yeah so um yeah, yeah I suppose it's when you don't ask the questions you're kind of like why isn't he why, why is he switching off yeah mm-hmm. exactly I have to say, I, I liked Coburn a lot in this episode. I thought I she was very good. Yes. I also remembered her future storylines and it made the disappearances, filled in the idea of the disappearances a bit more. I was like, oh, maybe that's why she's never around because of that. Anyway. she. I think this is a turning point for Coburn. It's like you say, to begin with, our introduction is not positive. No. But then later on, that's why I was so surprised when I was re-watching it again, because... Coburn was hard work, but then later on, she's great and she's really yeah. calm and she's Abby's sponsor. And yeah, it's it's just I was so surprised at how she. she oh, I have no memory of that. I, I sorry, I don't remember that at all. Obviously, I yes. I do remember the fact that Abby needs a sponsor. I didn't realize that it was Coburn. That's amazing, yeah, Coburn, yeah. which is why she was probably disappearing all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, she's oh are, you, are you saying that? Oh, Abby's just relapsing the whole time. Coburn is completely <laughs> being pulled off. <laughs> So, um, you know, it sets up this storyline, this really difficult watching somebody like Benton, who has, as you know, we've seen for three seasons be very stoic to actually be emotional and mm. have a personal life and have now have this kind of first test of, of, of fatherhood. Um, it, it, it sets up a really great story there for him and to, for him to stretch as an actor and as a character, which is yeah. great. It, it's also, mm. sorry, I know you're about to move, but. They, they couldn't give him something nice and easy, like we discover he's got a hobby of bird watching. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's something like really intense. Do you know what I mean? It's... It has to be something that that oh, really yeah. forces. I love how him. random that was. Like, yeah. oh my watching. god, Benton has this horrible thing to go through. It's his ornithological face. In my head, it's like stamp collecting or train spotting. I don't think he would do anything that nerdy. I think no. I can imagine bird watching. I'm a quiet moment watching a, a beautiful bald eagle or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't I don't see him doing that but no, yeah. okay. <laughs> just my head cannon. Um so do we want to just do green quickly because that's not an easy you know that's a bit of a yeah. tougher storyline again and we'll get that out of the way then we can go to kind of nicer stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um green I I felt you know he's because we've seen unfortunately we've seen green had some rough times in these 3 years yes. you know yeah. so we've seen him deal with trauma and the fact that uh, Nina comes down and she says, she just says, 
well, you are post-trauma. Yeah. Like, yeah, so yeah. Of course, you, you know, you should be dealing with PTSD. And he's very curt with her. Yeah. Um, and he's on, as often has happened, he's on the fringe of talking to Doug and Doug gets called mm. away. Um, like, Green is so clearly blinkers on. Just blinkers yeah. on. I was to the point where I was surprised. He acknowledged the fact that, yeah, listen, it's not been great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he he really pushes her away and he kind of says, you know, she says, don't cover with me because I, I would know, I know. Yeah. And he says, well, don't be a shrink with me. And he really just kind of pushes her away when she's probably the person that could help. And I I mean, it, it, it's tough and it's always easy when you're in those moments to realise that you need help and it can be hard to ask for help because you it make, can make you feel weak or it, it it's not as a thing that society we talk about enough about the fact that it's okay to ask for help and it doesn't make you less of a person and everybody mm. needs help at different points for different things um it, there's no kind of strength or in, uh, somebody being better for going it alone you know mm. um that's a funny thing because we have the character of nina she is a counselor and we've had counselors yeah. and of course in er before so er is on its sleeve you know yeah being a counselor yeah. is completely normal you know this is this is just thing and yet i still think this was a period of time where you were judged for yeah. seeking help and yes. certainly for talking about it. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, as well, you know, we yes, she's a counsellor, but whenever we talk about the mental health stuff, it's always somebody who's come in who's hallucinating or being crazy or yelling or... It, it, there isn't always that nuance and I felt like that's very much what it was like in the 90s it was like here's crazy people and here's everybody else and and there was no talk about the fact that so many people suffer from lots of different kinds of mental illness and it can present in a million ways and and most people will be afflicted you know all that kind of stuff it was very much like if you're not a schizophrenic if you're not yelling or if you're not about to kill yourself yeah. or bipolar then like a psych on. has to be called on you oh god get the restraints you know, exactly. because God forbid it could be depression or, you know, obviously I know depression is a very all encompassing term, mm. uh, but God, like, and I don't mean to realize to say you just need to talk. Obviously, there's many, many, many different yeah. different forms. Um, yeah. But the fact that it can be an emotional distress versus what could be oftentimes you see people who are presenting as quite violent, quite extreme. It's a chemical reaction yeah. or there is some sort of imbalance and oh no but that's why you get psych you know and you have people who believe they are doctors trying to upgrade the entire <laughs> er and it's played even though like i i did enjoy that episode that of course is played in a small way as for humor yeah you know exactly if in the 20 get my maths right here 24 years it's been since this episode aired take a moment guys um <laughs> If you think of just the awareness that we have all come to in terms of it, it, there and and will continue to, I presume, like as, yeah. as we understand the emotional spectrum along with the chemical, I know it's not a chemical spectrum, but just yeah. in terms of this conversation, of um, it, it, it's, it's fascinating. Like we're seeing traits in people now where it's not like, oh, well, I have an easy fix for you, Mark. You go to grief counseling and you make sure you mm. talk about it and you'd be grand, of course, which, of course, again, trivializes it a little bit. The amount yeah. of arse covering I'm doing this. Whereas back then it would have been like, oh, well, you get your one shot with the counselor. Yeah. You get given a lollipop and get over it. Yeah. 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 You know, well, yeah. you had your beating with your bruises have healed. Yes. Why are you still talking to me? Well, exactly that, isn't it? Um, I think the other thing that, 
I find really fascinating. So I've been watching Party of Five, which is also, you know, very similar time that this was filmed. And there's a character in there. And I was so excited when I was rewatching because I'd kind of forgotten about it. But there's a character in there who suffers from depression. And at first it was really brilliantly done. It was just very subtle and very how it can be. You know, she became quite listless. She was crying a lot. She couldn't really do things. And then they just they ramped it up so that she was she started to act, you know, quote unquote crazy. And I thought, God, this is so annoying because you had a real moment to show that nuance. But again, I wonder if we weren't ready or we weren't talking mm. about it in that way at mm. that time. But I just thought, oh, this is the kind of stuff that really fed into this unhealthy and, un, you know, the way we didn't really understand, yeah. you know, or, and weren't able to talk about it properly rather than just being like, there's mad people and sane yeah. people and there's no in between and yeah. there's no crossover or whatever um and that these people are marked bad and you were marked yeah. good you know and I think I think it's, yeah, it's, it's a shame it's also this sort of spectrum and it's not right um, and because there are people I know who still still see behavior and personality as, as weak versus strong yeah or hard versus soft whereas I prefer, prefer to see it as prone to vulnerability and prone to resilience do you know what I mean I, I sort of see it that way but I, I think with what you're saying about the way mental health was depicted equally I'm sort of not defending the way it was done but at the same time it's a tv show and a dramatic do you know what I mean? for dramatic reasons they're gonna have somebody who's bipolar and off their meds versus somebody mm. who is depressed and you know have um self-damaging behavior you know things like that it's it's a subtler thing which is maybe not as easy to get across I'm not excusing it but it, you know it's, I guess it's in the way that autism is portrayed it's people who are stimming and yeah. doing little twitches and things like that when actually yeah. autistic people don't stim all the time and they're not you know emotionless robots at all who can you know count I mean? cards and you take them yeah, to Vegas and... exactly it's not as yeah it's as we've learned now it's more nuanced and yeah. we understand it better um, funnily enough, because I keep seeing these posters in the background of ER that say "cure autism now," which is just the worst I've phraseology. What yeah. didn't pick up on those either? Oh they've not God. been around for a while, but they're in season one and two. It's probably because I've, wow. I've got friends and co-workers now who uh, are autistic, and so I've learned a lot about the way it should be dealt with. And there is this organisation called Autism Speaks, which is terrible because oh, they advocate really? for behavioral control Oof. so the kids kind of flailing and, and stimming and running around their their and their approach is to restrain the child as hard as possible to stop them Ooh. flailing and stimming and doing whatever you see nine films and stuff yes yeah. exactly whereas that's actually damaging it's 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 yeah. almost as bad as a, um conversion therapy for gay people do you know what I mean? it's that kind of you will, you know, traumatise. Yeah, exactly, it's traumatic. It's highly traumatic, and you're expecting to conform to what everybody else behaves like. But why don't we just understand them better? Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Absolutely, work to be done. Um, yes. Definitely. So yeah, so I mean, Green in this episode. So he he comes back to work after his he's had a week off. Everybody around him is a little bit worried. They try to lighten his load. Um, they're all quite questioning a bit about him like are you sure you should be back and he's very much yes I need to be back um, you know he meets Anna and has, doesn't remember her because obviously the incident um, and then and then it, he's he's waiting for the 
the police kind of guy to come in to talk to him about where the investigation is. Um, and when that happens and the police guy says to him, look, all the people you've given me have checked out, they've all got alibis. It was not, you know, this was actually yeah. just a random thing. And that really sets Green off on a, he's very angry about this and the cop's very confused why he's angry. And I didn't understand why the cop was confused because I get what Green's saying. Like, it's scarier that it's random. Yeah. If something had a reason, then you could be like, then I would stop doing this and this wouldn't happen again. But if it's just random, like he says, you would walk down the street and something could happen, which isn't the healthiest way to think. But I just thought, I didn't understand when the cop was being like, well, most people are quite happy about that. And I'm like, well, no, because most people don't, they want justice. And yeah. oh, this person's now put away or whatever. So you don't have to worry. Yeah, I found this, I was, I was, I was, I was really surprised by his kind of, Oh, there's nobody. Don't worry. It's like, yeah, it's good I mean, news. There's what? a random person who's going around beating up doctors. Yeah. In, in, you know, in the hospital. And that's why we've had to majorly beef up security. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I get that, you know, it was presented as the cop was like, oh, it's great. You don't need to worry about these people whose names you gave me. And that's how he was obviously like, oh, you know, you're on your sword. Yeah. But then I think I would be a bit more like, no, well, hang on, that would have narrowed it down. We would have yeah. had the person arrested or, you know, or something. Exactly. So you're telling me that it could have been Jerry or it could have been random person who walked in off the street. How yeah. is that supposed to make me feel better? I mean, exactly. it's not the cop's fault, but like, you're just like, yeah, yeah. it doesn't make me feel better, mate. No. Well, he comes in with a really different attitude, doesn't he? He's very much they're talking about beefing up security and he's like, I don't think we need to do that. Actually, what, what mm. needs to happen is we need to look at how we take care of our patients and he talks to Doug about you know how he can sometimes be a bit you know he's I can't remember the word he uses but he says he could sometimes be a bit abrupt sorry is what he says um so he's very much looking for for ways of trying to change that and control that in some ways and some of the stuff he says I think is great like I do agree that you know patient care is a huge thing and the way you treat people obviously as he said you know if you've been waiting all day to be discharged of course you're going to get mad um and at some point people are going to crack but uh, you know and I think uh, as well the doctor kind of the doctor the cop saying to him oh we haven't found anybody it it means he can't control it which again is that sense of it can it can be it's awful and he kind of yells at Carter because Carter's like oh I've, I've solved this case and he's just like you know whatever and he walks off and and he goes down to the river, which is where we're going this season when we're upset. That's um, it. Yeah. He takes that long walk from filming in LA to doing that <laughs> shot by shot. He'd want to be feeling better by the time he gets to that river. Like, that's a long walk. And poor Weaver's on a crutch. I know. And has he to put follow her him, through like, that. Oh, yeah. rude. Oh, um, hi, Carrie. No, no, you don't just hi, Carrie her. You're like, yeah, yeah. oh my God, sit down. Are you okay? Can I buy you lunch? She's sweating buckets, looking really yeah. peed off. Like, <laughs> Crutch is broken because yeah. he's been through so much. Um, yeah, and I, and I and they have that com- exact conversation. You know, he's very much like, oh gosh, this was random. And it could happen any, and you know, that means it can happen any time. And she says, well, you know, you can't think like that. She won't leave home, and it, it just shows this kind of unhealthy where his brain is now kind of going, which is unhealthy. And also, every time we see Green kind of be shouting short with people, you know, he's not kind of yeah. in the right frame of mind you know he normally he'd be great at guiding carter into finding that thing and be really pleased he got there and figured it out but this time you know he really has shut down so it, it you know it sets up that this is now probably a bad spell for green and he's he's yes. gonna be mad yeah there's 
we, we talked a little bit on WhatsApp beforehand um, about the the end of this, but the end of this episode being a little bit odd. But it kind of starts with Mark going to the parking garage, garage. Mm. Um, yeah. Sorry, garage. Car hole. Car, the car hole. Um, and it's it's almost just for a short time. It's shot like a thriller. Yes. There's the big empty parking garage. Um, and there's you know footsteps and and it's dark and he's moving siren. around and, and oh, there's sorry, that, siren, an alarm sorry. yeah yeah there's that and marks on edge and there's all these close close up shots of his face and then that guy is walking towards him and he yeah. kind of stops and that guy sort of just smiles at him and walks past which is a little bit weird it's like who smiles at a stranger Look. I don't know. I mean, I always. I know, I do. I do. I do. Oh, you yeah, have too. to smile at strangers because if you frown at them, they might kick seven levels of crap out of you. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, then that is that when it starts to have a slow motion. Not long after, that's a slow motion. Oh, that weird yeah. slow motion end. <laughs> Your faces, <laughs> listeners, mm. they do not look best impressed. We're not. But, um, we're, we'll get there, but and we are yeah, not. Yeah. But it, it, without making it all that way, having been. The victim of a mugging not quite as violent as what happened in fact not violent at all you do get really on edge and you are i wasn't quite ptsd but i was jittery for months afterwards i'm glad i mean it's still bad i'm glad it wasn't violent but yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. i mean as a woman that's just i don't i don't think i've ever walked down a street especially in the dark or a quiet car park or anything and not been jittery um yeah. So yeah, completely. It's just it, it's very well shot and very well yes kind of done. Um, I think let, let's move to Jeannie now because I want to end on Doug yes. Carroll. Um, yes, yeah. Um, Jeannie now look, again. We'll just get this out front. The situation I'm not happy <laughs> with because of everything we've talked about so far. But they are so cute. Oh, they're adorable. She's brought all these appliances, and he's I so know. excited to have a microwave. Like, oh, microwave! What future are we living in here? <laughs> it shoots radiation at food. Oh, uh, she, and they're gonna have good coffee. You know, oh, um, like it's 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 like in in a perfect world, it would be. They went through everything. They both grew and learned as people yeah. Yeah. and they have become the mature partners. They need each other yes. to be. Well, obviously yeah. Jeannie was mature, but you know yeah. what I mean? They have become what they need to be. And would that, it, anyway, listen, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. This yeah. is a lovely, lovely episode for them. And it's kind yes. of like, oh, Jeannie and Al, take the win where you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let let let's yeah. just get on board while while it's good good going and uh, and they're very much like a new couple, aren't they? They're very yeah, excited yeah. still to be with each other and they kiss each other all the time. And you know, there's a lot of kind of thoughtful things and and, and really sweet, lovely. You know, so much excitement about the microwave. I I just want to talk for a moment about another brilliant Randy moment, which is where um Jeannie, <laughs> Jeannie yeah. comes in Always and says, Randy. "Well, Jeannie comes in and says, you know, I'm going to pick up this this one case," and she's all but something detains her and Randy says, well, you, you should hurry up because as Dr. Green says, you know, the patient will beat you up otherwise, which I thought was really, really hilarious. Um, and actually it's reminded me of another one, which is where Dr. Green's talking about how we need to change patient care. Um, and Randy says, yeah, like, can't we keep them out of here? They're a pain in the, they're a pain in the ass. And Green says, your compassion knows no bounds. Yeah. I, love, I know. I was going to mention that. She's just, oh. And even when he's walking through the hallway and she's just staring at him yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just like this you know everyone's like oh hey mark welcome back mark she's like aha uh-huh, dr green yeah, yeah look dr green 
So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, but oh, yeah, yes. I, I just love that moment kind of between Randy and Jeannie because I thought that was funny. And then, you know, we see Jeannie, as we've said, go to talk to Benton. Um, and then on, on as she drives home, she's, she's driving home and Al is sitting outside and he set up a little, he set up a little, you know, table and chairs and he calls her out of the car and he's got a little present for her, which I just thought was really sweet. And, and when she opens it, yeah, sorry, go say, No, picking up exactly on what you said about they're like a new couple. They are, but they're like a new couple who have to cheat sheet to each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. I know exactly yes. what will work for you as a present. She exactly. Knew, sorry, she knew that he wanted the microwave, microwave. and he knew that she wanted the... Um, the door, garage, garage, garage door. opener. Garage door opener, yeah. I actually thought, you know what? I thought about it because he was like, I know it's, you know, she's like, it's the nicest thing you've ever done. And he feels a bit like, oh God, that says nothing about me. But actually yeah. it's not because this is what I think is more romantic than here's loads yeah. of flowers or here's whatever. Here's it's, something, it, yeah. Some, I, I always remember this story and I thought it was the most beautiful thing. This girl was talking about how she, she was, you always used to struggle when she would get to a house because on her key, she had a few keys that looked the same. And it used to take her a bit of time to figure out which key was the one to open the door. And she, and when it was dark, she would be, you know, outside struggling. And I think she'd mentioned it to her boyfriend. She says one day, wordlessly, she picks up her keys and he's gone out and brought just like a little thing to differentiate it. That's all. And it was so little. And I thought, yeah, but what he's done is he's listened. He's thought yes. about her and he's done something that will make her life easier. And actually, as a woman in your car, in the dark coming home it's so the safety and I thought it was so interesting when he was a bit like oh who needs that like anybody should just be able to open a car I thought well actually you're a man you don't think the way that women do women you press that button you drive in you're safe you don't have to get out where somebody could attack you oh Um, my god you're so right it's a good point yeah because from a man's point of view I'm afraid hadn't thought about that thank you for it's an shit being a woman you literally have to sit there going right how are all the ways that i'm going to get attacked in this situation it's just and then get blamed for it because i happen to be whatever you know um so what's that snl song about oh it's always been this way or something like that and oh yeah they're basically talking about yeah i carry a gun and it's pink so that's a lot yeah Uh, yeah it's true Uh, that song yeah it's so so true um i like i'll I'll never forget it but i remember my um english teacher when i was in year nine um telling me to put keys in my you know put the keys like that in your in your hand so that if somebody comes towards you you can kind of push punch them Wolverine style I'm not really thinking about it until later and realizing you know boys weren't taught that boys didn't yes. have that same educate the way and I was quite young when she, she told us that so but anyway um enough on welcome to hell that song yeah and it, it is hell um and and so yeah we get that cute little happiness between kind of uh, Al and Jeannie and everything seems to be going quite well at the moment you know let's take this happy day for what it is um things are going right for Jeannie for once which is sweet and she's got a the garage door opener which is awesome yeah let's move to Doug and Carol Doug and Carol, yeah. Doug and Carol. always good always That's good because so they're walking in together don't they and um and Doug lets it that it's it's Carol's birthday and she hates him for that because she doesn't yeah. like people to know and she doesn't really like her birthday and he knows that so every year he tells everybody yeah, yeah. which which is hilarious, and I, I wonder if this is the game that they play with each other, like, every year, you know. Yeah. You just, I, did, did either of you get a feeling as well during all of these scenes? Because I know 
happily to say this that we're going to get more scenes like this where i got this kind of at long last yes (laughs) always yes and and they're so far i mean this could all be ruined next week but so far (laughs) there doesn't seem to be a flashy blonde to kind of like doug's walking along being a good guy and he's gone in the other direction and that's the end of doug well i i thought well if him not hitting on anna who was a very beautiful woman and very was a big thing for him yep and we know obviously Sorry, Doug, we know that colleague is not a barrier for Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the very thing I'm happy about this week is the fact that colleague is not a barrier for him. <laughs> um, is, choose the right colleague. That's it. That's what it is. Um, uh, and what's really cute about them too is, you know, all the way through, he's just teasing and they just have loads of cute moments where they're just teasing. So he comes running in and he says to her, look, there's a surprise party for you, but it's okay. I've saved you. I'm going to take you to dinner. Um, and she's very much like, I don't believe you. And he's like, I promise, like, has anybody said happy birthday to you? And she's like, I suppose not. Um, and he's like, well, that obviously shows it. So he's very much playing this, I'm this gallant hero of, I'm going to take you to dinner, which I thought was cute in the sense that he was trying to save her, but also this idea of spending the di- her dinner with him, you know, doing something special for her on her birthday. Um, and then that, and then we get little Russell who comes in, who's hurt his hand. Hello. And they treat him together, which is it's so It's done cute. so well. And the way they, I mean, they do drug him, but I suppose you're in a hospital. It's kind of what you do. Um, it's a fentanyl lollipop. I was like, why, like have, why have we stopped? Do, do, why do adults get the horrible stuff and kids get lollipops? Like, why can't I have yeah. a lollipop? Like, why have we stopped doing good like stuff like that for adults? Why do we go, oh, you get to a certain age, you're not allowed to sticker anymore when you behave well. Or you don't get, you know. I don't know, whatever else. I, I just watched this and I was just angry that, that that's how our society is behaving. Yeah, actually, when I used to have blood tests when I was a little kid, there was like a few years where I would get um, like an animal sticker yeah. on the same brand and like, do you want a dog this time or a tiger or a exactly. cat? Exactly, like, you get to choose. Yeah. yeah. Then I stopped that when I was about 17. <laughs> what, like, <laughs> about and now this, this, is, this is not an original statement, so I, I'm not taking credit for this, but one of the worst things about growing goes, people stop asking you what your favourite dinosaur is. Yes. Oh, my God. I was just looking. I'm, a, I'm on a Facebook group about dinosaurs, and we were just yep. talking about that, and I'm like, I've got a list. I, my favourite has been the same since I was little and will what, always be the same. Triceratops. I don't know why. I just love Triceratops. They're cool. That's yeah. why. I love that shield. They've got, they're just awesome. They're yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you see as well, there's some sort of, um, there, there's a trike in the news today, actually. A, a skeleton has gone on sale for like two million or something. Oh, I don't, I don't Whoa. like them to sell them privately. Ooh, I think that should weird. be. And as I say, this view. is dreadful thing. Sharon, we'll talk later. Uh, <laughs> Are you but, buying it uh, for me? But it's a trike in the news, damn it. It's a trike in the news. Oh, well, uh, I, I guess so. Not buying it for you. Is. We're buying it for ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we're going to split it down the middle as well. Yes. Would you like to go, <laughs> like, as in a buzzsaw through his face? Or just would you like the top half? I'll take the bottom half. I mean, if, if I can have the top half, half I'd, pro- I'd prefer that. But if you want part of that, I'm, we're happy to go the other way. That is grand. We're You're still talking terrible. about you, Ed. Um, so. <laughs> Ed, what's your favourite dinosaur? I have a list. <laughs> Triceratops is up there. Um, Parasaurolophus, Microraptor, oh, yeah. Utahraptor, Therizinosaurus, Baryonyx. Yeah. I like Christmas pterodactyls as well, which are from community. Oh, I see. I was oh, just like, okay. I'm a bit, I know what a pterodactyl is. Um, 
What's mine? Stegosaurus, Stegosaurus will be up there for me. Oh, yeah. that's a cool one. Uh, so, yes. okay, I'm going completely off topic and I'm getting really excited. You know, the uh, Stegosaurus have got spikes on their tail, which were used yes. for defense, swung around, and they're called Thagomizers. And the reason they're called Thagomizers is because nobody actually had a name for them. Then Tales from the Far Side, uh, Larson, what's his first name? Uh, Derek Larson. Am I making Somewhere. that up? Larson. He actually named them in a cartoon and paleontologists went, yeah. Okay, Thagomizer. And I just love that so much. I love that. Dale Larson. I think it's Dale Larson. Oh, that sounds better than mine. Uh, Sorry if his name is Derek Larson and we've just crapped all over. (laughs) That's his cousin he does. You should listen to this. There's a podcast episode of Conan O'Brien. He's he, at the moment. He's kind of talking to uh, fans as well as uh, as other people, and he interviews this guy who's a paleontologist. And it's so funny. It's just so brilliant, and he's just obviously really passionate about about dinosaurs. And he's talking about what he would do if he found one, and what he would name it, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you if you're a fan, you might you might enjoy that. Okay. I'm going to bring us back though. Sorry. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Er. Can we talk yeah. about this afterwards, please? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> There's a sh- it's really cute because they're flirting and and because and little Russell's dad couldn't deal with it and has gone like drugged himself and fallen asleep in a bed somewhere. So uh, little Russell says to Doug, you know, my dad used to normally sings to me um, and Carol's very much like, yes, Doug can sing to you. Um, and this is cute moment where they sing Camp Granada to, with each other and they're both kind oh, of, yeah. uh, and I only know that song because of The Simpsons. I'm going to put that oh, out there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. March, is Lisa <laughs> Camp Granada? <laughs> um, and it's a really sweet moment where you see them kind of flirting, but also you can see what kind of parents they will be oh, in the future, no. which we get robbed of. So it's cute. It's cute to grab these moments where we can we had a small sliver of the future but without children around yeah um just susan sarandon uh well oh there was a kid in that episode a bit too soon um <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah so doug manages to basically go listen carol i'll do you solid notice the way nobody has said happy birthday to yeah, you today yeah. Yeah. and she's like uh yeah he's just like don't you think that's surprising and she's like oh no this is surprising yeah, yeah. okay yeah and he's like listen I've told them you can't do a surprise party because I'm surprising you with dinner. Yeah. And my, oh, oh, Doug, you smooth, smooth talking. Mm -hmm. Um, And and also I just, yeah. And that he knows that she'll need to change before she wants to go out. Like he knows her so well, but yeah, Sean, what were you going to say? I was, I was actually going to change what I was going to say now. Uh, and I was like, Ooh. you know, he knows that. Like, he doesn't have to say the words, Carol, you look like crap. Go and get changed, will you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he he just suggest dinner and yeah. she'll want to get changed anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you know, they, they get to a house. She opens the door. Surprise! Um, applause, applause, applause. Applause. Absolutely brilliant. And then we get that really sweet moment where she's in the fridge and she's, and he's like, oh, see, it's not so bad. And he's like, she's like, well, you know, all these people at my house have got no food. Mm. And she pulls out the milk carton and drinks from it. And he just looks at her like she's an alien. And he's like, <laughs> I just didn't think that women did that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. And then like he, he shares it, which I thought was I, cute. I, I think that's the moment where he decided I'm going to marry this woman. Me too. Because she needs me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's just... drinking from from. Oh, cartons what is wrong with her she <laughs> does ask me she's like why are you being so nice to me yeah and i'm like and he's like 
and he does sort of say oh to make up for the other birthdays when I was so crap so mm. but it's not about guilt for him it's because he adores her and he, yeah he she deserves to have a nice birthday exactly, exactly and that's why he always has to out her birthday to people because yeah. he wants to celebrate her and he yeah. doesn't want things to go without people kind of spending that time with her and what's really sweet as well is that he um uh oh where's it gone yeah because she says to him and I love the phrasing she said why have you what's this dance we've been doing all day this dance yeah. you've been doing with me and I just thought that was really sweet um and then we're gonna get to the cheesy moment now so the the cake comes out which oh. has got lots of candles on it have you heard of this tradition about never. putting your rings? Never. I'd never heard yeah. of this. So if you put your ring, apparently if you put a ring on the candle, it'll help make your wish come true. Um, yeah, I'd not, not heard of it. true anyway. As long as you don't tell other people, I, I yeah. understand, which is why all my wishes have come true. <laughs> well, there we are then. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe they don't. Maybe it's because I need to put rings on my candles next time. It was weird, but she then, you know, blows out the candles. And then this is the part that I just, it's just hideous. It goes all slow-mo and dreamy yeah. over. And bad slow-mo, like Nokia yeah. 3310 yeah. slow-mo. It's just, oh. it's, why, why was this even cool back in the 90s? Like, it was so cringeworthy to me. Yeah, yeah it was pretty bad. It was like, cheese, yeah. And it robbed, I mean... It didn't rob the niceness of Carol scene because thankfully it's it doesn't have that emotional beat. But what it mm. did do is I felt it sort of dulled the impact of yeah. Benton and Reese. Not just yeah. that, but for me, it really dulled the impact of what they were building with kind yeah. of Doug and Carol. Like you don't need to underline it. You've taken us there. We're there. We've got it. We didn't we, even just look between her and him. The end. That would have been enough. To, yes. When they did that, it made me feel like they were going, you're really thick. and We're going to do this thing. So you understand <laughs> what we're trying to do. But yeah, it does. You're right. Because then we go to we go to the NICU. We go back there and I'm just uh, close on that. And, like how yeah. many times have we done a fade to black? Or maybe like maybe that's the double-edged sword. Or like they, they can do fade to black very, very well. Mm. I suppose then on the on the flip side of that, they do it every other week. So maybe <laughs> they were yeah. just like, let's do something different this week. I just mm. feel it was a bit of a swing and a miss. Um, yeah, definitely. don't try something new, guys. That's the message we're putting across. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. Don't be adventurous. Stick to what you know. Yeah, you know, yeah don't cool. go chasing waterfalls. I think TLC said it best. Oh, I was imagined they would be a perfect soundtrack to not the NICU bit but like the way it's shot and everything I feel like there's definitely oh, scenes yeah. in their videos yeah. but yeah definitely oh, don't try things eye. new don't be liberal vote Tory you know just like do <laughs> sorry purely for Ed's reaction guys purely for Ed's reaction I think I've killed him James. he's turning different shades of purple right now <laughs> yeah. um, we do not agree with that message yes that, that brings us up to swiftly changing the topic that brings us up to the end of this episode um, yes so I just have to jump in straight away. I know we normally do drugs, but I have to do it. Everybody's in an ER really quickly because I've got to talk about Barbara Dowling, who was one point of her time, Mrs. Columini, Mrs. Chief O'Brien from Star Trek. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't I know, know what was, that meant. But... You messaged that earlier and I was like, I don't know what Columini is. Is You don't know Columini, but he's the most important man in the universe. Stuff. Yeah. Anyway, Columini is, of course, Chief O'Brien from Star Trek. He is also... Yes. You know, a very, 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 very well-known Irish actor starred in the the Barrytown trilogy, the adaptation of the Roddy Doyle books, uh, oh. the Van, the Snapper, and the Commitments, which actually in reverse oh, order start with the Commitments, and then oh, I know the Snapper, Commitments. The Van. Yeah, um, it's just been in so much intermission. Um, 
um, one of the diehards. He was the he was a diehard too. Right. Yeah, English yes. pilot on Air Windsor. It's like oh. oh, why don't you call it Air Buckingham Palace? Or, do you know what I mean? It's like Air Americans. Liz. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and Warwickshire. Oh yeah. Oh, Warwickshire. So, segue the the airport near where my parents live in Doncaster, which is not that close to Nottingham. Or Sherwood Forest is called Robin Hood Airport. I always wondered about that. I never understood that. It's miles away from Nottingham. Like, I mean, on the one hand, love it. On the second hand, lads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. um, Anyway. But yeah, so just, uh, I just had to throw that in. Unfortunately, she has, it's a sad ending. She passed away in 2016. But uh, she was active for many, many, many years. Uh, She had already separated from Mr. Meany. At, oh. By the time she was in this episode, so can't quite call her Star Trek royalty at this point in time. Like Barbara, get over yourself, will you? But uh, <laughs> no, I thought she was very funny. Tiny role in the episode, yeah, but yeah. I thought for what she did, she was very, yeah. very funny. Um, I didn't know I'm pronouncing Colin Meany's name wrong all these years. <gasps> oh my god, yeah. have you been calling him Colm? Or Comb, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Colm, Colm, yeah. Oh, Colm. Oh my God, Sean's face. I remember the accent in your name. Like You're not allowed to visit Ireland, I think is what Sean is saying. <laughs> and, and also, also, Edward, it's not an accent. I'm not French. It's a father. Sake. Oh, if he had a mic. Wow. Oh, he does have a Oh, he just dropped the mic. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. You see that spade there day. beside you? You'd want to keep, to start digging up there, Ed. Start <laughs> digging up. <laughs> Why do you give us some drugs and then that would probably okay. make him happy again? That would be good. Yeah. He may need it. Yeah. So uh, this week we, co- we are talking about gentamicin, which we've heard a few times. And I had to double check we've not already covered it, but we haven't. Um, so it's one of the antibiotics, I believe, was given to Reese, baby Reese. Um, so it's just sort of like it sounds like it's a broad spectrum um, antibiotic. So it's used for bone infections, endocarditis, pelvic inflammatory disease, meningitis, pneumonia, urinary tract infections and sepsis, among others, because maybe Reese has sepsis, mm. not effective for gonorrhea or chlamydia. Um, and it can be Blast. given intra- <laughs> intravenously in, by injection into a muscle or topically. Um, but basically what they, they, are, they only use it for two days before the bacterial cultures come back. So you know exactly what uh, antibiotic infection will be sensitive to. Okay. So, so is this in, in a way, would it be a bit like, all right, you've got a headache, go take some paracetamol? Yeah, it, I guess so. It's a bit, a bit of a like that, but kind yeah, of a general. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's active against a wide range of bacterial infections, mostly gram negative bacteria. And I just was asking our friend of the show, Dr. Martin, about what gram negative and gram positive mean, but it's not that interesting. Um, it's gram negative like Pseudomonas, uh, E. coli, Enterobacter, and uh, gram positive, which is Staphylococcus. Um, okay, but it's also useful against uh, Yersinia pestis, which, if you know your virology, that's the the uh, bacterium responsible for plague or bubonic plague. Ooh. I knew that, Ed. I was just checking to see if you knew that. <laughs> uh, do you believe him, Sharon? No, no. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, gentamicin. Um, that's one thing. And I know we've finished the episode, but just one thing that is also—it's sad anyway. But baby Reese is a study paper in terms yeah. of what doesn't he have facing him in this yeah. episode like yeah. when uh tabash is just rolling off these things yeah. and you just see benton <sighs> is just like benton's like i understand what you're saying to me like this is mm-hmm. this is a lot 
It's mad. It is just, it's, yeah. I've got to, to say the, the, the effects on, I guess that must be a dummy baby or something, because it, it you know, its colour is so pale and blue, and it's just, even though you know it must be a model or some kind of elaborate mannequin or whatever, it's still <clears throat> like being punched in the heart, it feels yeah. like. I mean, I'm not even a dad or anything, not that it should matter, but do you know what I mean? It's, well... Well, do you know what? On that <laughs> super happy note, we're I calling... tried to end on the really so happy Doug and Carol. Okay. I've got it. Um, Al's eyes, when they're about to kiss, are just so big and brown and beautiful. And like I fell in with Michael Beach on, yeah. at that moment. So there oh, we go. I love it. Exactly. And you know in that moment that they're going to have a long and happy ending. Exactly. And we're calling it. Thanks to listening to our podcast about everything ER. Don't forget, you could find us on social media on Instagram at you set the tone pod and at set underscore pod on Twitter. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. And remember, you set the tone.